Hi, I'm Pete Price, and my podcast today is with Beryl Marsden. August the 27th, a Saturday night, she's coming to the Epstein Theatre to celebrate 60 years of music. Beryl was in The Undertakers. What she doesn't know about the Merseybeat sound is nobody's business. She has a talent all of her own, and we've got the fabulous Beryl Marsden talking to me now on my podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I am delighted to have this talented lady on my show. I have always rated this lady so much. Saturday, August the 27th, we're in for the biggest treat in Liverpool at the Epstein Theatre because it's celebrating, uh, this lady is celebrating, the theatre is celebrating in her life 60 years of music. Beryl Marsden, hello. Hi, Pete. Thank you for having me. Oh, you know I'm. You know I'm a fan. You know I'm a fan. Beryl, uh, before we talk about you and your career uh, and mm-hmm. this fabulous concert you're doing, what did you think of Glastonbury and the 80 year old man headlining? Well, I, you know, I think he's just incredible. I think he's, you know, I, I just respect him so much, and you know, it's, it's just pure heart, isn't he? And he's wonderful. He's passionate about singing, isn't he? How much yeah. involvement did you have with the Beatles in the early days at the Cavern? Oh, the cat. Well, really, it was just about doing. You know, we did gigs together. You know, I mean, when I first started out, I wasn't like known as Beryl Martin. I was just part of a band, which was the Undertakers, and then Lee Curtis and the All Stars. So we did lots of gigs together. We did a lot of the, you know, the Tower Ballroom. And a, a bit, you know, some of the, sometimes the cavern. But I don't think we did a lot sort of on, on the same times as the Beatles at the cavern. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's a bit like so, me with yeah. comics. You, you don't work with other comics. You keep missing them. <laughs> you know, when you when you work in another place, slightly like that. Yeah. But I think, it, yeah, the, I think the other thing was obviously when I it's a time off. You know, I'd be, that, that's the first band I'd aim to go and see. You know, like mm. the, the afternoon. You know, afternoon sessions, uh, you know, wasn't working with the guy, you know, with the Undertakers, then because, you know, I'd uh, do my best to go and try and see them. Beryl, you mentioned the Undertakers. Without any shadow of a doubt, not because you're on this programme, one of my favourite bands of all time, of all time. And I used to go uh, on a Wednesday to the Cavern and then rush round to go and see The Undertakers on a Wednesday afternoon uh, at the Iron Door. Um, oh, yeah. I loved them. That was a band and a half, wasn't it? Well, they were they were, they were great, you know. Slight, I would say just kind of a little bit different. To the, you know, to your thoughts, a lot of bands before pieces went repeat, you know, like lead guitar, you know, uh, rhythm, bass and drums. So the Undertakers are that little bit different, you know, saxophone and, uh, you know, and, and also when I joined them, there's one, two, three, four, four singers. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. Beryl, so amazing, yeah. give us a potted history of you before you joined in and realised you had this amazing voice because you do have an amazing voice and you've never lost it and that's what I love. Give us a potted history. Oh, very kind, Pete. Potted history. Uh, me at school, um, passed me a scholarship, but I didn't like the school I went to because it was run by nuns, a little bit too, uh, yeah, not for me. Um, so I begged my mum to go to like back to secondary school and uh, once I got into secondary school, <laughs> that was it. Um, I, I just 
I just knew in my heart, you know, that what I wanted to do is sing. Even though my mum was looking through the echo and things like that about six months before I was leaving school for great jobs, you know. Uh, I, le- I learnt uh, shorthand and I learnt bits and pieces as you do at school, but it wasn't for me. So I just knew in my heart, I'm going to sing. I didn't know how at the time. And I, my family, you know, it's a big family. There's uh, seven kids, mum and, mum and dad at home. Uh, and and there was, to be honest, there wasn't a lot of kind of music around because we couldn't afford a record player and stuff. So I used to go to my mate's house, Irene Watson, and she had like the you know the first record player I saw, and that's when we listened to music, and I used to do the heads in singing all the time. All <laughs> my friends, you know, in the schoolyard, anywhere I could do it, I'd do it. So that was the groundwork. Yeah. How did you get yeah. into the industry? Well, it was. Do you remember the Oral Park Ballroom? Yeah, I do oh. indeed. I do yeah, indeed. So, that, so the Undertakers, we, we got this. Oh, they already were there. They had this gig. I think it was three nights a week at the time. And I went along there with two friends. And uh, basically, they said, you know, ask them, can you go out and sing? Ask them, can you go out and sing? I said, I'm not doing, I'm not doing that. And one of the, it's, it's, you know, like a push and shove. And, uh, <laughs> and for some reason, honestly, well, I didn't have to push me that hard, you know. <laughs> but but for, for, some, for some reason, I just remember this hand saying, oh, come on then. And pulled me up. And there it was. And Brian Jones was like, like that Saxon hand looking at me. He said, what do you want to do? I said, uh, I'll, do, I'll, I'll sing boys. He said, what key? I said, uh, what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> he said, okay, let's try it in the original key. You know, let's do whatever it was. And he said, tell you what. I said, what? He said, take your chewing gum out. I went, oh, right, okay then. <laughs> chewing gum out, just on the mic. And uh, off I went. That was it. And um, they just said, hang about. You know, when we finished the set, we'll have a little word. How, how, you know, how incredibly, you know, fortunate was I? Yeah, incredible. And that was it. I became part of The Undertakers. Now, you, yeah. what happened when you went and told your mum? Uh, right. <laughs> 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 can you imagine it? I'm going, I don't know. What can I say? Uh, so, so basically, I said, I just said, Mum, Mum, you know, this is, this is what I want to do. This is actually like, you know, Got, it's got a head in the hands going, oh, no, no seriously, you know, it's not, a, it's not a job. It's, it's a bit. And I said, but, but they, they said they're going to give me a little bit of money. <laughs> and to be honest with you, the, the, the money I started earning was more than what my dad was getting as a welder. Wow. So I know that's bad, really, isn't it? But, I, you know, it was like, you know, when she saw how passionate I was and how, you know, and how much I loved it, and I was able to make a bit of a living out of it, then she, she was okay about it, you know. Talking about Brian out of The Undertakers, um, I worked with him years later because I was, uh, you can imagine, because I was such a huge, huge fan, seriously, mm-hmm. of The Undertakers. And I've got my Mersey Beat magazines. They're bright yellow, but I've still got them. And <laughs> wow. I, I love the band because they were dark and I love the Iron Door. Yeah. I enjoyed the Iron Door actually more than the Cavern. I mm-hmm. thought it was a magical club. But working with Brian, dare I say, I worked with. Uh, on tour with Gary Glitter and Brian was playing. Um, so let's forget about Gary, but it was incredible <laughs> that I was working with Brian and every night I kept talking to him about, oh, you'll not guess what I did and I sagged off this day to come and see you there and saw you at the <laughs> YMCA in Hoylake. And so I was I was mesmerised. I really did love the band and that's a great, great grounding for you to get into a band like that to start. You must have learnt a lot from them. 
Oh, absolutely. I, I, le- I learned. So I, I loved harmonies. Well, you know, but I didn't really know properly how to do yeah, them. Yeah. And definitely learned a lot of that because, that, say, if, if, if like Jeff Nugent was singing lead or, 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 or you know, or, or Jackie Lomax, then I'd, I'd be doing harmonies with, with you know, with, with, with like either one of those. And, and then with Jimmy, remember Jimmy? He was yeah. a guy called Jimmy, I remember. He, was, he had this voice a bit like Roy Orbison, I thought. So I really learned how to, how to do harmonies and stuff, and and you know, but they were they were amazing bands, great bands. Yeah, talking yeah, about great, talking about great bands. I've got to ask: Did I hear a little whisper? You were at Anfield watching the Rolling Stones. <laughs> That's true. That I could, you know what? To be honest with you, you know, the last time I saw the Stones was about over forty years ago. Please, and I, I thought, oh no, you know, I don't know, they're getting on a bit, you know. Listen, I should talk, shouldn't I? Um, but I thought I, I thought they were amazing, and I thought Mick Jagger was incredible. Yes. His, his energy is. I, I thought his voice sounded really strong. You yeah. know, yeah. yeah. So in a way, I was pleasantly surprised. I mean, I know they have added things in the band now, don't they? You know, like oh, they can. Yeah, you can do all sorts. It's changed. That's what but I loved about your amazing. original days. You see, Beryl. By the way, if you just joined me, I'm talking to Beryl Marsden, who's coming on the 27th of August to uh, the Epstein Theatre to celebrate 60 years of music. Uh, but I, what I love, Beryl, in your day, you went on stage and tap, tap, mics on, get on with it. <laughs> do you know, you know it's just, and do you know, the other thing we never had was, was you know, any speakers in front of us. So, so we couldn't hear ourselves. Yeah, that was the case yeah, of. Yeah. We could hear each other on stage a bit, you know, but it, it was it was that, you know, I think it makes you tighter, makes you hear, listen a bit harder, you know, what the other person's doing. Beryl, within the industry, you've got a tremendous reputation. How do you feel looking back over the 60 years about the knocks and the ups and downs of the industry you've been in? You know, it's obviously, as you know and I know, in, in when, I, you know when I was really young, the, the venues were, were, you know, such great venues and quite a lot of venues for musicians and young people to play in. That's one of the sad things I feel that, that this day and age doesn't have. And, I, I, you know, and yeah, you know, I, I know I've probably made a few mistakes where I could have done better with things, even with songs, I've, you know, when I could choose what songs to record, you know. Um, but but I, I, don't, I don't regret anything. I, I regret nothing at all. And I, I feel very grateful for, for things I've done. You know, I've done amazing things, worked with some great people, you know. I mean, I toured the Beatles on their last tour in 1965. I worked with Martha Reed as a Vandella, can you believe that? Uh, you know, I've done some amazing things. So um, I'm, I'm just grateful still That's to be great. here and still, still enjoying singing. But, you know, I still love it so much. Do you do so, anything uh, to look after your voice or have you got one of those voices that is just God-given and you don't have problems? Uh, I very rarely have problems with my voice, but... I don't know if you remember, I'm, I'm a Buddhist, so I do chant every day in the morning, sometimes in the evening. So I think that's like, um, you know, it keep, keep, seems to keep my voice strong, you know. So yeah. I'd say that, yeah. That's, that's interesting. That. When, when did you become a Buddhist and why? <laughs> oh, gosh. I became a Buddhist, I'll tell you what, in 1978, uh, beginning 1978, because I, I had... Unfortunately, I had a bit of a, a tough time with my marriage and stuff. 
So, um, and it was, it was, you know, I, I didn't feel confident. I didn't feel, I didn't, it's one of those, you know, when you question and everything, why, who am I, what am I here for? <laughs> All those big questions coming up. And uh, I just met someone, I met Hilton Valentine from the animals down in London. And he was talking about this Buddhism. And I thought, yeah, oh, I'll go and have a little listen to that and see what it's about. And I haven't looked back. So it answers a lot of questions, gives me a lot of inner peace and and hope. You know, even no matter what, how bad things seem in the world, I, I still have a lot of hope because I, I think most humans are actually good people. Is that is that people. what Buddhism does for you? It gives you hope? Yes, and courage. And courage. That's yeah. really, really interesting now. When you were approached about doing 60 years of music at the Epstein, this must have been mm -hmm. a hell of a program to put together it's it's a bit like mccartney on a bigger scale but you know how did he put <laughs> no but how how does he pick so many songs you've sung for yeah. all these years and your voice yeah. lends itself to some amazing stuff how did you put a program together can i tell you a secret <laughs> i'm still i'm still putting it together <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't tell anybody <laughs> oh, an exclusive on Livable Live. <laughs> Beryl Mars, if you've got a ticket, doesn't know what she's singing yet. <laughs> I love it. I love it. No, I know, I know you. I know. I'm still, you know, changing it around. I thought I'd like to do definitely a few of that. People will say, why, why don't you do that? You know, the likes of the, uh, the one that I think the song I recorded with uh, Rod Stewart. I yeah. feel the whole world turned around. Which I've never sang live ever. Right. I'm just contemplating doing that with Dave Goldberg. But Dave Goldberg is, is a wonderful MD and uh, incredible talent, you know. Yeah. Um, so it's those kind of, I'm just picking out things that, you know, little. Are you excited about it, Beryl? Are you excited about it, Beryl? I'm, do you know what? I, I'm so excited. I, I, re I know I really, really am really looking forward to it. And as I should say, it, it's. I think it's, you know, I, di I didn't want it, to, or, or, this is how it is, and that's it. So in a way, that's, when I say it's working closer, it's still, it's still going to be amazing, you know. Still, and yeah, what, so. what a lovely, intimate theatre too. Oh, I love the Epstein Theatre, I absolutely love it. Um, yeah, I performed on it a couple of times, and yeah, it's really, really, yeah, it's wonderful, wonderful theatre. I'm talking to Beryl Marsden, who's coming to the Epstein on the 27th of August on Saturday, which is going to be brilliant. I've got to ask, did you have any dealings with Epstein? Uh, I met Brian a few times and chatted to him a few times. And, and he's a lovely, lovely man. Um, I don't, I mean, I, I, I know at one point, uh, I think he came to, what was that place in Birkenhead? It was um, the Majestic Forum. Like the Majestic Ballroom. No, no, not the, no. Do you know what it was? What's the one in Chester? There's one, there was one in Chester I used to do. Uh, and, um, I don't remember that one. I'll think about it in a minute. But yeah. Not the Riverside or something like that. I can't remember the name of it. We came with Bob Waller, um, and I think the Undertakers were out in Germany because I couldn't go because I was too young at the time. I was only 15 yeah. and a half. So, uh, and I know he came down there, and I think, I think Bob was like, you know, and come and see her thing, you know, blah, 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 and all this. But it, nothing manifests out of it. I think, personally, I'd be too much of a rebel for Brian to handle, oh, really. You know, <laughs> I, nothing changes. Nothing changes, does it, Pete? So, with, 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 you know, with Joe Flannery, bless him, you know, I mean, yeah. I think I think we had more facts 
anything else, you know, yeah. about oh. him trying to put me in a pink frock, you know, <laughs> and things Im- like that. I can imagine. Can you imagine? Can imagine? I'm not in a pink frock, but I can imagine trying to put you in it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Beryl, I've got to ask, uh, you're an outspoken woman, you always have been, that's why I love you, because you have an opinion, and most Liverpool girls do anyway, but the music mm-hmm. industry, in your opinion, has it lost its way? Is it is it in a strange place? It, you know, it's one of those things, I, I, I caught myself a few weeks ago thinking, am I getting like your mum? You know, like saying, I don't understand some of the music, I don't, I don't know, I don't feel the soul from it, I don't feel the heart so much, so, uh, you know but but in saying that, there's there are some good artists out there but I think it's a reflection sometimes of, of, of like, you know, young people create the music of the time, mostly don't they, you know, and I think sometimes it's like, what is, what's going on in society for them um, and I guess what the, like my, I know I've got grandchildren and one of my, my grandson is Josh, you know, he went to see a guy called Dave um, and I'm going, I'm going, Dave, <laughs> Dave. Anyway, I, I, you know, obviously I went online, looked him up and listened to some of his music and he's actually a talented musician. There were a lot of the songs like, what's it called, Word or, you know, but the actual industry itself, I think it's well lost. Yeah. Couldn't agree with yeah, you well more. Lost. Couldn't agree with yeah. you more. Having said that, uh, they're really trying to bring vinyl back, which makes me laugh. It's interesting. They have World, <laughs> World Vinyl Day and people queue at four in the morning to, to go and get their vinyl. But Beryl, I, I, I'm trying to move something because I really want to come and see you. Um, I'm, I'm, I don't want to boast. I'm gigging. But I'm trying to move it because okay. I'd rather see Beryl Marsden on the 27th of August singing for 60 years music that's going to be amazing. Beryl, I want to finish off. Do we finish off with Breakaway or Let's Go Somewhere? You can choose it. No, you choose it. Uh, breakaway. Breakaway. <laughs> Beryl, what can people expect uh, when they come to uh, the Epstein Theatre on the 27th of August? A wonderful evening. We've got, I've got some guests as well. So, you know, so that'll be wonderful too to share the night with. And we're going to have a party. You can't say much more <laughs> than that. Would you like to we're introduce? Tell us a story about Breakaway and then introduce it. Breakaway was um, well, one of the first records I recorded. I think it was put on a B-side and then many years later it was recorded again and became a massive big hit for Tracy Ullman. If you enjoyed that, why not subscribe? Why not? It costs you nothing. <laughs>